0: right now, get up to sixty percent off your Babel subscription at Babbel.com dot com slash bluewire. That's sixty percent off at Babbel.com dot com slash bluewire spelled b a b b e l dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to the Roadwire Prospect podcast. I'm your host James Anderson. and on this week's episode, we will be doing our monthly end of the month mailbag podcast where I answer your questions from Twitter and the sole topic here will be uh, questions that were pertaining to my update of the top 400 prospect rankings that went up on the site uh, Tuesday afternoon Uh, I really appreciate everyone uh, reaching out and and uh, you know supporting uh, my work on those it's it's uh, really feels feels great to, to have that many people checking those out and waiting for those. And, uh, I know a lot of you were, were itching for those to get released. Uh, I wanted to wait really as long as I could, uh, to release those, uh, this year, because we're still dealing with, with such small samples on, on these guys. And, uh, you know, I like to react, but I like to try to eliminate as many, uh, overreactions or under reactions as possible and so waiting until around memorial day uh, seemed like the way to go on those and it also allowed for a lot of the guys. basically anyone who uh, opened the year in the big leagues and did not get sent down uh, has graduated at this point so uh, that was a nice uh, aspect of waiting as well uh, the eta's uh, have been fully updated there the Team Top 20s will be updated uh, probably tomorrow. And then tomorrow I'll also be releasing an article version of this podcast where I basically just kind of uh, write out my answers to, to all these questions posted as an article. I know a lot of you uh, enjoyed that uh, format uh, last month, so I'll keep doing that going forward. Uh, all right, the first uh, topic here had several questions about why Royce Lewis is up at number two overall. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised that this was such a uh, controversial rank uh, for for a few people. Uh, I don't really, I don't necessarily understand the the backlash, but I'll kind of walk you through what I like about Royce Lewis. Uh, he is a five category guy, one hundred percent. Like his bat speed is off the charts. Uh, I think he certainly showed that in a very brief taste of the big leagues. His speed is a game changer on offense and on defense. He can play every position in the field. Uh, but really it what it boils down to is this is a guy that we hadn't seen play in games since 2019 in the Arizona Fall League. And so he was just a, an impossible rank coming into this year uh, after missing all last season with injury, after missing 2020 with the pandemic, Like from a tool standpoint, Royce Lewis is a top 10 prospect, uh, you know, from just power speed, proximity, like that all adds up to top 10 easy. And then it just kind of comes down to like, what was he going to do with the bat in terms of hitting for average? He's always been this guy that has sort of tweaked his leg kick uh, that he uses as a timing mechanism. And that's led to some, some, um, some poor showings, I guess, in terms of a number one overall pick. Uh, in the middle minors, and so it just was really up in the air as to what Royce Lewis would do this year after missing all that time. I could have easily seen him go out and, and really scuffle, uh, maybe strike out a bunch and uh, take a few weeks or a few months even to, to kind of get on track, uh, but that's not what he did at all. If if you told me before the season that Royce Lewis was going to perform like he did uh, from a hit tool standpoint at A, and then get called up to the majors and like him even getting called up to the majors in the first half of the season was a long shot for me coming into the season. I thought the twins would, I didn't think he'd be forcing the issue. Uh, I just thought he would need to to knock off some rust, but uh, he forced the issue and was excellent when he was up. And uh, he's really quieted down that, that leg kick that that was sort of something he'd been working on. And you could just really tell that Royce Lewis uh did everything in his power when he was not playing in official games to make himself a better baseball player. And so to me he's just a, a no questions asked uh top 5 prospect uh probably honestly closer to number 1 than to number 5 for me. Uh I don't think you can uh understate how impressive it is for any hitter to go from AAA to the big leagues and do what he did. Uh both in terms of hitting for average, hitting for power, not striking out, Uh, just a very hard um, level jump to make, especially given his lack of uh, recent experience. So I think Royce Lewis is – that was one that I have – I'm extremely confident in. And um, so, yeah, uh, props to anyone that has Royce Lewis in a dynasty. Uh, Also had a bunch of – not a bunch. I had a few questions about uh, why Gabriel Moreno dropped. This one, you know, I like I like Gabriel Moreno a lot. Uh, I know that uh, people sometimes uh, look at real life rankings, and I've got Gabriel Moreno and Francisco Alvarez. You know, just outside the top fifty, and then some real life rankings there, top five, top ten, whatever. Uh, With Moreno, he has this really great hit tool, but I have concerns about the playing time in the short term. I really wanted them to to trade Alejandro Kirk or Danny Jansen uh, or even Moreno uh, at some point um, in the in the off season, maybe even in season, to really kind of clear up that logjam. Because the way I sort of see it, I just don't see Moreno playing enough. Like I, I don't I don't see him being this five day a week catcher uh, this year when he comes up, or even next year, barring some sort of trade. And I think, given his lack of impact game power, you really want him playing uh, five, four or five days a week so that he can threaten 20 homers. Uh, because if he's just getting, you know, if he's kind of playing as much as Jansen or Kirk play now, uh, yeah, I think you're looking at like 10 homers over a full season. Uh, and I, you know, another sort of comparison I, I think of with Moreno is like, would you be disappointed if I told you Moreno was just going to be Kyber Ruiz 2.0 uh, with less playing time? Because like I think that he and and Ruiz are extremely similar from both a hit tool and a power standpoint. So I've got him ranked just outside the top 50. I think you could make a case for having him 20 spots higher, uh, especially if I if I was just ranking based on just pure talent and um, not factor in projected playing time. He probably would be 15 spots higher, but uh, that's the reason for that one. He's, he hasn't done anything where I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm lower on Moreno now. It's just kind of looking at that situation, trying to figure out where you're getting the playing time, uh, especially at a position like catcher. Uh, also had several questions about Miguel Vargas's ETA uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, he's probably big league ready right now uh long term i think he's gonna be very similar to the guy he's gonna replace in justin turner uh, where he hits for a really high batting average gets you 20 plus homers and hopefully stays healthier than justin turner Uh, but i don't have any sort of obvious like this is how vargas gets gets the call and this is how he slots in uh probably would have to take like a serious injury to someone ahead of him i mean I don't I don't see the Dodgers just taking playing time away from Max Muncy, uh, given how productive he's been for them. He, the plate skills seem to still be there for Muncy, and he, he obviously was a deal with an injury in the offseason. Uh, you know, I, I don't I think the worst thing you could do is, is start taking playing time away from like Gavin Lux, uh, just kind of given where he's at developmentally um you know they have some underperforming guys you know are they going to take playing time away from cody bellinger to give it to miguel vargas uh i don't i don't really see any of those happening so uh they the the nice thing about being the dodgers when you just have this much in terms of big league talent minor league talent at every level of the minors every position in the minors is you don't have to rush guys you can really take your time and it's it's going to be frustrating for uh, people that have vargas in in dynasty leagues but Uh, we might not see him before september if we do see him this year before september i would guess it's it's due to a player being injured ahead of him with an injury that's going to take more than a week or two uh, to recover from Uh, but vargas is just a a great uh long-term prospect Uh, i had someone else ask if i like vargas as a hitter more than tristan casas the answer is yes very uh, definitively yes on that. Bob May wants to know what I'm doing right now on Josh Lowe. Uh, Do I see him back in the majors anytime soon? And has my outlook changed on Josh Lowe? Uh, I do have some concerns emerging uh, and it was always a possibility, but I I think you have to look at Josh Lowe and be a little concerned that maybe he's a quad a guy. Uh, He will be back up uh, and he'll probably go back down and they'll be back up again. And they'll go back down. Like I could see him just being up and down all summer. Uh, Whenever they just need a, f- a fresh guy, if someone's dealing with a nagging injury, uh, but it's just uh, it's it's a little concerning that the strikeout rate has just stayed flat uh, for him. Uh, I think it's it's a tough thing for him to solve in season uh, with just really getting the the swing and miss in check, and and some of it is he's. Like he, he has a, an okay. Eye. Uh like he he's, he's a patient hitter as well. So like some of the strikeouts are just from him being patient and, and getting deep into account. But uh, I do think you gotta be a little concerned at this point. Uh, there's some, some concerning indicators with Josh Lowe. Stealing goof troop Valor wants to know if the power ever develops for Austin Martin. And if I'm bullish, what's the ultimate power upside? Uh, and if bearish, what does the overall ceiling look like without much power? Uh, I do not like. I've Austin Martin ranked uh, just inside my top fifty, and I do not think there's a ton of power coming. So I am bullish on everything else. Like I think Martin is—he's one of the more unusual prospects uh, I can remember ranking. I think he's kind of like an eight to fifteen homer guy. Uh, but the way I would sort of frame his, uh, fantasy upside is like, and this is sort of a, if it all breaks right type of thing, but imagine if Tommy Edman was an elite OBP guy who was going to lead off, uh, basically his whole career. Like that's kind of what I see Martin's upside being, uh, again, not giving you crazy power, uh, probably not giving you many, if any, 20 homer seasons, uh, but hitting, you know, 265, 275, uh, stealing 20 plus bases, scoring 100 plus runs in his peak years, uh, qualifying at several positions. Maybe uh, I think that's all within range for Martin. He's just got such a uh, incredible uh, bat-to-ball ability mixed with aggression and success on the bases and an ability to work the count too so it, like it's just he's really really good at a few things that are very important and he's not so good at other things that are very important like hitting for power but i think the things he's good at outweigh the things he's not great at jh schroeder wants to know how many of these guys should be rostered in auto new five by five leagues where's the cutoff uh I think prospects one through 13 should all be rostered. Uh, I do think that, so like I'll give you an idea of some tiers uh, when I was kind of working on this to me, uh, Corbin Carroll, Royce Lewis, Riley Green, Jordan Walker, Jordan Lawler. That's kind of a tier of uh, the top five. And then Adley Rutschman, Shane Boz, CJ Abrams, Robert Hassel, Miguel Vargas, Grayson Rodriguez, Alec Thomas, Mackenzie Gore. Uh, that's maybe another tier. So that's one through 13. Uh, all those guys should be rostered, even the guys who have no chance of coming up this year. I think they're good enough long-term prospects that in auto new, I would, I would be happy keeping them uh, for, for multiple years before they're up. Uh, but then you also have guys like George Kirby, Nick Lodolo, MJ Melendez, Caleb Killian, <clears throat> Cal Mitchell, who just got the call. Like Those are all guys that I would consider in an auto new league uh, because of... Uh, their proximity to the big leagues and the, the now value that they can provide co coworker, DJ trainer uh, snuck this question in. Um, I think he maybe just wanted to see if, if I would actually read it on the podcast, but uh, looks like Brennan Davis, Luis Matos and uh, Kobe Mayo all dipped in this set of rankings. Those three guys plus George Valera and Taj Bradley We're all sent away by you uh, in a trade for Mike Trout in a dynasty league recently. And he wants to know if I would have made that same trade a month ago or two months ago, uh, or if this was a case of me just uh, sort of reacting in the moment and telling those guys, Uh, I probably wouldn't have made this trade two months ago. And um, part of it is, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's there's value in seeing sort of how good is your dynasty team that year? Like, does it look like you have a realistic chance of uh, winning the league or at least cashing in the league? And even if you feel pretty good about your team preseason, I, I do kind of like to get in season a little bit and just sort of see where things go um see if most of my guys are as, as good as i think they are and and if you know i deal with any crazy injuries early on uh so i don't really love making a push in the chips type of trade like that uh, right bef- even before the season starts uh and i also just sort of wanted to see um you know is brennan davis gonna just kick the door down like what if brennan Dav- brennan davis i thought coming into the year could have very easily had the same type of start at triple a that Royce Lewis had, and he might be up already if that had been the case, but that wasn't the case at all. Uh, You know, maybe Luis Matos just destroys high a pitching and a return there. And like, he's already up to double a and he's a clear top 10 prospect. Uh, Maybe Kobe Mayo uh, just picks up where he left off at at low a in the assignment to high a, and and he's looking like just a, a cornerstone infield prospect, uh none of those things happened uh those things could still happen in time but uh being able to sort of rule out those crazy short-term scenarios for for guys like that makes it easier to pull the trigger on that i probably would have done this trade a month ago though Uh, i think there was enough data on both sides of that equation for me to make that move a month ago um dan Asks a Usturi Ruiz question. He said that he seems like a very tough rank, uh, just given how good his numbers are at Double AA. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know, where do you put a guy like that? Uh, he is a extremely tough rank, Usturi Ruiz. I kind of going into this process, don't think I would have, I, I didn't expect to put him as high as I did put him. Uh I put him just inside my top eighty. He went from unranked to inside my top eighty. I, I think like if you'd asked me just randomly on Twitter, like where do you think Ruiz is gonna rank in the next update? I would have probably said like 120 or something like that. Uh so uh the more sort of digging in I did on him, I was pretty encouraged uh by what I found. Uh but I I think that's a fair I think from unranked to top eighty. For a guy who's repeating a level, who's been around forever, uh, we've got a lot of track record with Estudio Ruiz. I think that that's I think that's a fair like first step of of endorsement, and I really want to just sort of see uh, how he does at AAA. I assume we'll get to see him at AAA here uh, in June or July, and then sort of how he handles that um, you know change in pitching. I think will be uh, important for kind of figuring out where to, where to slot Ruiz on the next update. Flunky has a few questions. He says, uh, what's keeping Robert Hassel out of the top five for you? Uh, Hassel is a top five caliber prospect to me. Uh, I think what, what he is tools, performance, I think it's, it's top five caliber. Uh, But I also think that the guys I have ahead of him are, really good too uh it's not it's not meant to be a slight on robert Hassel that he's not top five uh once royce lewis riley green ed rutschman and shane boz graduate which i think all three or all four of those guys will graduate probably uh if not by my next update uh pretty close uh then i think you'll see Hassel top five if he kind of keeps doing what he's doing um he wants to know if I'm officially worried about Anthony Volpe. Uh, I'm not worried about Volpe, but I, I don't think he's an elite prospect. I think he's a really good prospect. I just, I don't see um, like, he doesn't jump off. uh, When when I watch video on him, he doesn't just really pop uh, athletically uh, or physically to me. I think he's, um, I think he's kind of like similar to, and I've made this comparison before. I think he's kind of similar to like Gavin Lux, uh, when Gavin Lux was a prospect. Um, and, uh, he says I'm probably the lowest on Zach Veen that he's seen, um, and wants to know why I have Veen ranked, uh, where I do. Uh, I think Veen Bean is, Veen's fine. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm really not sure what he's going to be, uh, I like sort of feeling comfortable in what I think a player is going to be. Um, and with Veen, you know, I, I, I don't think the speed's going to age well. Uh, stolen bases have been the thing he's maybe been the most prolific at in the lower levels of the minors. Uh, I don't think he's going to be more than like a 10 steel guy, uh, even early in his big league career. And then I have some concerns about the hit tool. Uh, Coors Field will be great for that, but I'd like to see him. Uh, you know, if he get if he gets the push to Double A and uh, keeps the strikeout rate kind of where it is, I think that would be good to see. Um, but I'm not I'm not sold on the hit tool with Veen, and then he's not getting to a ton of game power right now. Uh, I think the power is actually probably what I'm most confident in being there in his big league career. Uh, and the power is maybe what he's done the least in the minors, so it's just kind of a, you know, it's it's sort of where where's everything going to fall two years from now? Because <clears throat> I, I see a scenario where he could be, uh, you know, maybe a guy that hits twenty five homers with ten steals, and thanks to Coors Field, hits like two seventy five. Like I think that's in play for Bean, but I, I think he could also be a guy that doesn't hit any of those benchmarks. Um, And I have no faith in the Rockies getting the most out of Zach Fien. All right, let's head to a quick message from our
0: sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
2: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: All right, Toolsy wants to know if I'm worried about Luis Matos. Um, I I was actually very happy to hear that Matos is dealing with a quad strain and not something more serious. Uh, I was glad to to see that info before I released the rankings. Um, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, and I don't think anything about his ceiling has changed, but I also think it's fair to move healthy performing players with similar risk-reward uh equations past him right now. I mean, I, I don't it's not like he was striking out a ton or something. I, I really think he just got off to a slow start, but you know, now he's not playing and uh probably unlikely that Matos uh forces a promotion to double A anytime soon. Whereas I think there was a chance coming into the year that he could already be at double A. So just a little behind schedule. And then uh Tools he also wanted to know uh what i think about jared Kelnick at this point uh i i'm really worried about Kelnick. uh so i've probably told plenty of you to accept Kelnick trades in the past few weeks but yeah i mean he could turn it around but uh i i'm at the point with Kelnick where i would take a really solid offer if, if one was out there uh dungeon master 28 said uh nick york is holding steady despite bite less than stellar superficial stats? Do you see something in the process the metrics to keep you confident in his bat? Uh, I, I think it's just with a lot of it, and lots of questions about, you know, you know, did you move this guy down too much? Cause he was struggling or, you know, are you worried about this guy? Uh, I, I try to look at each player individually um, and sort of just see where I'm at versus where I was at coming into the year. Uh, coming into the year, I think Nick York or I thought Nick York was just a a really 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 special hitting talent. I still believe that I you know I've watched video I did didn't really see anything on tape or in the numbers that has me questioning anything about Nick York. I just think it's a slow start I think guys are allowed to have uh, slow starts um, and I think you give those guys where, where you think it's just a slow start I think it, why why wouldn't you give those guys the benefit of the doubt. Um, Like York to me, like on this update, like York, uh, Anthony Volpe, Brian Rocchio are some examples of guys where like the numbers don't match, uh, my preseason expectations or, or your preseason expectations. But, um, I don't really think much, if anything has changed about those players. I think it's just a slow start, uh, Neil, uh, asks, do you think that Jackson Merrill could develop power? Uh, absolutely, uh, power was part of what got him drafted in the first round last year. Uh, so he he has it. It's just a matter of him getting to it in games. And right now he's on the shelf with a wrist injury. Uh, but I, I think I think uh, Jackson Merrill will get to power. Uh, Brothers Judd uh, asks. Uh, Bo Naylor seems to have fully recovered offensively. Is he good enough defensively to come up this year and to stay at catcher long-term? Uh, I can't see Cleveland pushing Naylor up this year. He's not on the 40-man yet. Um, and it's just you don't, you don't see teams rush catching prospects usually. Uh, so I think they'll add him to the 40-man in the offseason when they have to and I think he'll be up for a good chunk of next year. Uh, and he, I think he's a good enough catcher, uh, and their depth chart is such that I think he retains catcher eligibility, even if it's not the only position he's playing, I th- kind of like Dalton Varsho and they're, they're not dissimilar players actually. Um, so if Naylor keeps doing what he's doing uh, over the rest of the season, maybe gets a bump to triple a, uh, he could be in the top 100 before the end of the year. Um, let's see uh sean edward uh asked what do you like about jordan lawler to move him up so much um i man i i was expecting to move lawler you know probably top 20 or so on this update and the more video i watched on him i just uh fell in love with uh his upside and I think he's a number one overall prospect in the making. Uh, So good time to be a D-backs fan. You have the number one overall prospect now in Corbin Carroll. Uh, You might have the number one overall prospect this time next year in Jordan Lawler. And uh, you'll get another high pick in this year's draft. So uh, the Diamondbacks will not be without uh, high-end talent on the offensive side of things before too long. Uh, Lawler, when I was watching video of Lawler uh, before the draft... Uh, I was like, I thought his physicality was a weakness and he is just a man now, um, really stood out, um, for, you know, he still got quick twitch. I think he's actually got a, a faster bat now than he did as a, as an amateur because of the, the good weight he's put on. Uh, but he's still just a, a freak athlete, uh, on the bases in the field. I mean, he's, uh, this is kind of what you hope to get in a prospect, and he's it, it is a little out of character for me to put a a player at single A uh, this high, uh, but I just think uh, guys like this, you just want to jump. You want to jump on the train uh, as as fast as you can um, because I think he could just be really, really special. Uh, and then Sean also wanted to know: uh, Robert Hassel finished last year in High A and started this year in High A. Can he keep this up in Double A? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he could be fine uh, once he gets the bump to to double A. Uh, main thing with Hassel is he's just he's got to cut down on the ground balls a little bit. But uh, I I really like Hassel. I definitely hope that people don't think I'm low on Hassel. Um, Nate Handy said it feels pitching in general has taken a little bump in the right direction. Uh, <laughs> in the right direction. Um, obviously, Nate was my guest a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's big fan of pitching prospects if this observation is correct is that a philosophical shift or just the current lay of the land uh i you know i was surprised myself uh that i ended up with three pitchers in the top 13 in shane boz grayson rodriguez and mackenzie gore um i just don't really see an argument for not having those guys there uh Boz is just big time. I think people maybe forget because he's been uh, not pitching in the majors yet this year. Like Boz versus Shane McClanahan was a legitimate debate before the season started from a just talent and, and stuff standpoint. And so Boz is just a, an absolute stud. Just hope that he he can get healthy, stay healthy. Grayson Rodriguez is going to be up in the big leagues uh, in a matter of days, probably not even weeks. Uh, so I think he is, he's just a, a finished product. Just waiting for that call. And, uh, Mackenzie Gore, I mean, I'll take a massive L, uh, capital L on Mackenzie Gore. Uh, I just, I could not have foreseen him being as bad as he was last year, uh, to being this good against big league hitters, um, for basically the whole season uh Gore is going to graduate he's going to lose his eligibility here in in uh, a week or two but uh having a pitcher this good in the big leagues already like that's that's top 15 caliber for me and um you know the the rest of the rankings did i put pitching higher than usual well i've only got 23 pitchers in my top 100 uh there is sort of a cluster like Kirby Ladolo Espino, Uri Perez Gavin Williams, um, kind of the next guys there inside the top 50. Um, but I think in general to, to answer Nate's question, I think it's really just, I have my top three pitchers are higher than they, than I would like them to be like, I, in a perfect world, I would have, uh, you know, I wouldn't even have a single pitching prospect in my top 10 in a perfect world, but uh, I think those three are special enough. The fact that Boz and Gore, big league ready, uh, have had success in the big leagues, and the fact that Grace Rodriguez is big league ready and he's about to probably have success in the big leagues, I think that, that justifies that. Uh, John H., uh, with with guys like uh, Joey Weimer and Matt McClain, how do you weigh power speed intrigue with the risk of high K rates? Uh, I think Matt McClain is, I'm I'm a little concerned that he's selling out for power a bit uh, because like you always want the hit tool to develop first uh, because for most of these guys, like power's in there. And I knew that power was in there with McLean but I didn't want him to be trying to hit a home run every time up at, at the dish. And now he's striking out too much. And I think he maybe fell in love with how much power he was getting to early in the season. So like if McLean had just kept the strikeouts in check, he'd probably be top 30 for me right now, even with half as many home runs as he's hit this far, thus far. I mean, the the speed and the hit tool are the, sort of the main selling points of McLean with the expectation that he's a 15 to 20 homer guy. Um, so I'm, I'd like to see McLean, um, adjust kind of adjust back and and maybe focus more on just putting, putting the ball in play with good swings and getting pitches. He can, he can drive, but, uh, I think he might be selling out a little bit right now. And, uh, w- Weimer is, is such a tough guy to rank for me. Uh, he's such a freak tool shed and he just keeps producing so much that i just i kind of want to keep him in the middle of the top 100 uh while he just stays on this crazy level of production i'm not you know i'm not sold in the hit tool he might end up being a quad a guy like he we talked about josh lowe being a quad a guy uh weimer could easily be that uh but there's no like the amount of elite prospects is fewer than most people think the uh, the bust rate of guys between like 20 and 50 or even you know like 20 and 80 it's really high i think it's higher than people uh, would estimate and so weimer could bust weimer could also just be a total fantasy monster uh so i just i'm kind of putting him i think i've him like around 60 uh, that's knowing full well that he could amount to absolutely nothing. I just think he has to be in that range while he's producing like this. Uh, Steve G, uh, wants to know how I separate guys who are pop-ups who will stick as opposed to one year wonder pop-ups who flame out. Uh, and he, he mentions Anthony Volpe. You know, I don't, I don't think Volpe's <clears throat> flaming out, uh, by any stretch, I think. You know, guys like Jordan Walker and uh, Jordan Lawler are just they—they they're, are have more tool, they have more loud tools than Volpe does, uh, so they passed him. Uh, you know, Robert Hassel is maybe has similar-ish tools, but he's been way better than Volpe, so so he passed him. Um, but I think in terms of like pop-up guys this year, like a couple guys sort of stand out to me that went from unranked to inside the top 100. Where I would. I would say that they are pop-up guys, even though I've had them ranked at at times in the past, but just to go from unranked top 100, uh, Lennon Sosa with the White Sox and Jacob Amaya with the Dodgers. uh, They both just check a lot of boxes from just the, you know, the stats, but also the eye test. Like when I watched Sosa and Amaya, I think it, it, kind of aligns with uh how productive they've been this year just really explosive swings amaya uh has really um i I forget who had the report it might even been jeff uh but someone at ba had uh yeah i think it was jeff actually i had a report on him at ba talking about how he kind of uh optimized his uh launch angle and is just uh taking much better cuts and uh I just, I see it and they both have a combination of power production and, and low K rates uh, at, you know, upper, against upper level pitching that I, I'm, I'm a believer in. So I think, um, you just kind of want, you want the person to be able to check all the boxes, uh, to kind of believe in the pop up guys. Uh, like I don't really believe in, uh, Moises Gomez, who's another guy that I have had ranked in the past, but, uh, went from unranked to rank, uh, because of his production at double a, but like, I think Gomez is, is the type of guy where I'm just not really a believer, um, at least yet, uh, because of the, the strikeouts. Uh, Andrew Redding, a friend of the pod, uh, says I'm thinking of trading Henry Davis, but I already have, uh, Kybert Ruiz and Francisco Alvarez. I'm not sure I need another catcher. Uh, I would maybe just try to trade Alvarez for (laughs) Henry Davis. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of people would take Alvarez over Davis. I would take Davis over Alvarez. Um, but you definitely don't, I wouldn't want to have all, all three. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, when Forrest Whitley come and Andrew also want to know when Forrest Whitley comes back, do you think he still has the potential to be a top pitching prospect? Uh totally. Like I I could see a scenario where by uh, the end of August, Forrest Whitley is a top 75 prospect for me or just off the rankings completely. He's in a very volatile spot right now, um, almost kind of like a, well, this, I don't know, this is maybe not fair to Royce, but sort of a pitcher version of Royce Lewis, where I just have no idea what Forrest Whitley's is going to look like when he comes back. I could see him just shoving. I could see him not being able to throw a strike. And so he's kind of in limbo right now in, in the middle of the top 400. Uh, but I, wouldn't, I would not rule out Forrest Whitley um, really reestablishing his value. Ulysses wants to know uh what my forecast is for Ken Wildachuk with the Yankees. Uh he says maybe a number two starter. Uh I I don't know if I'd go that high, but I he's he's definitely a starter. Uh he's trending up. I mean, I maybe even could have put him higher. I think I put him like around 150. Uh but Waldechuk is is trending up and I, I could see him being like a mid-rotation guy. It's just the Yankees have all these guys there's only so many spots in the rotation. So I think uh, like Hayden Wesneski gets a look before him. Um, you know, JP Sears is a guy that i I have interest in even in uh, redraft leagues right now. So they've got a lot of options in that rotation here coming in the coming years. Uh, Ulysses also said uh, back two years ago or so, I recall you liked Tariq Skubal the most of the big three in Detroit uh what do you think a ceiling can be uh, I think you recall incorrectly uh I have been uh I would say bearish on Skubble uh this whole time if if I'm remembering correctly and so I kind of have this joke on the XM show with with clay that i'm I'm not gonna take my l on Skubble until uh we get to the all- star break but yeah I mean basically it was wrong about Trick Skubble. Chef Lexvold uh ETA for Corbin Carroll odds he debuts in 2022. I think we see Carroll break camp in the majors next year. Uh I do not think we see him up this year. We might if the Diamondbacks were real contenders, uh but I don't really think they are. So um I I just you almost never see teams of the Diamondbacks caliber uh, start the clock on a on a prospect like that. Um matt mason would love to hear your thoughts on jackson churio with the brewers uh churio um is you know doing as much as you can do in a very small sample uh, i know he looked good in uh, extended spring training before getting assigned to, to single a but uh he's he's super tooled up um could be a five category guy uh just very tough guy to rank. Like I wish I had another hundred plate appearances of, of Churio uh, before having to, to slot him in, but uh, a good kind of bat back of the top 100 lottery ticket for sure. All right. Dawes Williams uh, wants to know if I am downgrading brewers, offensive prospects at this point, seems like a terrible recent track record with uh Weimer the only bright spot, and he lists a lot of uh, Brewers brewers heading prospects who have not panned out, and he's wondering if that's why I'm not buying into Felix Valerio. Well, uh, I mean, I've had Valerio ranked uh, for a while, but in terms of this season, he's hitting 210, 276, 360 since April 15th. So... I think this might be another case. It's not coming with the same strikeouts as McLean, but you'll recall Valerio had like three or four homers in the first week of the season. And I think he maybe fell in love with that a little bit too much and forgot about his bread and butter, which is just uh, putting the bat on the ball, hitting for a high average, uh, letting the power come when it comes. Um, so I, I think Valerio's performance basically uh, over the majority of the season is why i'm not really buying into him but um yeah i think the brewers they <laughs> there's no denying at this point that they have a bad track record when it comes to developing hitting prospects i think with uh yeah i think garrett mitchell that might have just been a bad pick uh i would, I would maybe put it more on the decision to take Garrett Mitchell than their developmental failures with him. Um because he needed to have his swing overhauled when they took him and so far he hasn't been able to overhaul it. Uh But yeah, I I don't know if I'm quite to the point where I'm downgrading them. It's still like they're they're not a bad org. Uh I I don't know. I think South Frelick is another one where it's like a, is that going to end up looking like a great pick? Uh, I don't know. Um, Jackson Churio, his development, I think, could go a long way. Uh, And Joey, Joey Weimer, as I said, like that's looking like a bright spot. Now he could very easily um, end up busting. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely been a weakness to this point with the Brewers. Uh, Paul asks, has the level of competition improved in AAA from last year? Uh, if a prospect is dominating in double-A, is that more impressive than doing it at triple-A? Uh, no, I, I think uh, the pitching at triple-A is better right now than it was for most of last year. Uh, remember, like, last year, uh, you had uh, pitchers who were building up after not pitching uh, for, for most of 2020. Uh, you had a lot of uh, injuries in the big leagues forcing guys up, and then you just kind of had um, – diminished quality of guys there right now. So I, I think it's better at AAA right now than it was uh for most of last year. Uh but I would and I'd still rather I'd I'd rather a hitter assuming they're the same age, I'd rather them be dominating at AAA than at, at AA. Um Buck wants to know uh why Khalil Watson fell so significantly. Well, I don't want to make it just super simple, but like I thought he was going to strike out 20 to 24% of the time at low A, and he's striking out 40% of the time. So if you just told me that this is going to be what Khalil Watson did uh, before the season, I wouldn't have had him where I had him. Uh, so I don't know if that's my fault or Khalil Watson's fault, but uh, I was wrong about Khalil Watson uh, his first two months at, at single A. Uh, Fish Alaska, uh, Evan Carter, uh, floor, Grady Sizemore, ceiling, the poor man's Mike Trout. Uh, You know, Evan Carter was another really tough rank because all of a sudden he's getting to power. And the whole idea with Evan Carter was that he was going to be kind of a, a leadoff hitter, speed, OBP type, where power was the weakest category. And, you know, I, I don't know how real this all is, but like i would I would not be shocked if Evan Carter was a top twenty five prospect at the end of the year. Uh, this next question is from a username with a bunch of letters. Uh, it's what is what is going on with Wilman Diaz and Gabriel Gonzalez? Uh, they're just waiting for complex ball to start. Uh, definitely nothing wrong with them. They weren't supposed to open uh, with a full season affiliate. Uh, Mark Lewis uh, asks, I have Michael Harris and Uri Perez in multiple NL-only leagues in my minors. If all works out, what is the most realistic timetable for each to be promoted to the majors? Uh, Realistic timetable for Harris and Perez is early next year. Um, If you really want to get crazy, uh, maybe Uri Perez is up this year if the Marlins really need him uh, in a push for the playoffs. Uh, like he is, he is that, uh, talented, um, and that much of sort of a ahead of his peers phenom that that wouldn't shock me. Uh, the big part of that equation that might not add up is like the Marlins need to be competitive. Like those wins need to matter. Otherwise there's no reason to to bring him up this year. Uh, the fair poll asks if Vaughn Brown is on my radar at all. Uh, yeah, he, he's on my radar, but he turns 24 in June and he's still at single A. Um, so he could join the rankings uh, if he mashes at high A, but even then I'd probably be back half of the rankings. Uh, Tony is surprised that Jay Allen did not move up. Uh, Jay Allen is... Basically, kind of doing what I thought he'd do—not necessarily like across the board, but like this level of production uh, is sort of what I was hoping Jay Allen would do. Uh, the OBP is maybe ahead of where I thought it'd be. The power is not is not quite where I would hope it would be. So I think it's just kind of been a a passing grade for for Jay Allen. Uh, very talented prospect uh, or Elvis Martinez he wants to know like you know if it's just a matter of the blue jays being too aggressive and promoting him too early uh this is maybe sort of confirmation bias on elvis martinez like i just have always been uh skeptical of the hit tool so um yes he's very young for double a um he could write the ship uh but I think the Jays really know what they're doing when it comes to assigning guys. So I don't, I don't really think it's all on them being aggressive with his assignment. Um, I think there are some, some legitimate concerns about whether he's going to ever have better than like a fringe average hit tool. Uh, Paul McLaughlin uh, asks about Caleb Killian uh, and Connor Seabold, Seabold with the Red Sox, Killian with the Cubs. Uh, when do they make the show and how good are they? Uh, Seabold's more of a back-end guy, maybe swingman type, but he's out right now with a pectoral injury. So I don't know. I think you have to worry about him in the short term. Uh, Caleb Killian is great. I uh, love Killian. Uh, I think he – if I had to guess, I'd say Killian is up in June. Uh, he's really – um, bend the pitcher over his last like four starts or so that I was expecting, uh, the velocities all the way back, I, I think. And, uh, he's just been really effective. So I think the Cubs find a spot for killing in the rotation, uh, within the next month or so, uh, Dr. Octagon cards said, uh, glad to see Colt Keith made a jump onto the list. Curious to hear your thoughts on him. Uh, Colt Keith is playing second base and third base uh the Tigers' high a affiliate. Uh really solid all-around hitter. Uh, I think he's hit over power for now, um, but he's he's a big boy, he's 6 foot 3, 215, so I, I think he can be sort of a classic uh power hit third baseman uh if all goes well. So yeah, Colt Keith definitely trending up. Uh, Dandy Chiggins, What's the ultimate ceiling for Brian Bayo? Uh, just saw him pitch and was very impressed. Um, I think Bayo could be, you know, maybe number two, number three starter. Uh, love his trajectory right now. Uh, he just keeps forcing the the issue, forcing his way up the ladder. A uh, lot of good. A lot of good uh internet scouting going on 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 Brian Bayo. Uh lots of good video out there. If you want to check him out, but I mean I think you know he could be like a top 30 uh starter for fantasy if if it all comes together. Uh Dandy Chickens also wanted to ask about Gunnar Henderson with the Orioles who made a huge leap. Uh wants to know sort of what his home run, stolen base, OBP upside is. Um, I you know, Gunnar Henderson, uh, is I think it's a really fun uh, comparison to compare uh, Gunnar Henderson and Anthony Volpe, uh, two ALE shortstops, uh, Henderson's third baseman, but you know, drafted as a shortstop, uh, basically the exact same age, exact same level, and Henderson is really just uh, dominating in all facets. Uh, I think what, what really stands out to me about him is how easy he hits for power to all fields for his age. Uh, like his, his home runs are just uh monster shots, uh, no doubters, even to the opposite field. And then to be hitting for that type of power while also walking more than he's striking out. I think it's just really exciting uh development for uh henderson and a return to double a he's still very young for that level so i think he could be like uh i don't know like a third or fourth hitter for them long term who hits 30 plus bombs i think that's that's very realistic i think he's the the stolen bases oversell what i think he'll do in the majors though um i know he's been running a bit at double a but He's, he's pretty big. Uh, I don't think he's going to run a ton uh, in the majors. Uh, Dan, how does the quality of the top 10 compare to the last few prospect classes? It feels a bit weak to me. Uh, it might be a tiny bit weak. Uh, you do have uh, Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt not on these rankings anymore and so they were certainly stronger when those two are on there uh you don't have special torkelson on there anymore uh i don't even know if torkelson would still be in my top 10 if he were still eligible though i i think the the high-end talent is looks like a normal top 10 to me it's just that Not all of that talent is near the majors, you know, like you've Jordan Walker, he is a double a, but he's not going to be up till next year. Jordan Lawler, he's not even going to be up next year. I think he's probably more of a 2024 guy, uh, Robert Hassel. He won't be up until probably next year. So I think that's maybe the main difference. Uh, and Corbin Carroll, I, I, I don't think he's up till next year. So I think it's the talent, just ch- like how talented are these guys? I think that's kind of a normal top 10, but when you have four guys who are not going to be up this year, that's a departure from the rankings coming into this year where it seemed like most guys uh, could debut in uh, 2022, uh, Ross red uh, how much do you penalize penalize guys who are having a big year but are repeating the level so uh i think it just kind of comes down to expectations uh like for instance marco luciano is repeating high a uh i expected him to do well in a return to high a it would have been very concerning if luciano hadn't done well in a return to to high a so i'm just kind of waiting for him to get the bump to double a And then, uh, like look at Asturi Ruiz, Ruiz is repeating a level, but I had like, I'm blown away by what Asturi Ruiz is doing in in a repeat of double A. Like I just didn't even have him ranked coming into the year. So I think it just kind of comes down to expectations. Like if, if everyone was expecting this guy to do great in a repeat trip there, then it doesn't, it just kind of confirms that. Right. Um, Chris Mickler uh, was kind of commenting on uh, a conversation I had with Chris Welsh on uh, Prospects 1, and he was saying, I, I personally kind of am on Welsh's side of, of the long-term view being more important uh, with big movement on some guys that were top 10 before. Like, if they had top 10 pedigree, they have skills worth waiting on. And the new guys need uh, to kind of prove it a bit more. Um, you know, I think uh, – so I think two guys that stand out to me as sort of – this these guys were top ten coming into the year. Why are they not top ten anymore? Like Brennan Davis and O'Neal Cruz. Um, you know, those guys uh, just – I think there's enough red flags there. Uh, generally related to both of their hit tools uh that i don't think you have to be patient on them um like miguel vargas deserves to be a top 10 guy uh robert hassell deserves to be a top 10 guy uh, cj abrams and shane boz were already t- top 10 adley was already a top 10 guy um i've covered you know corbin carroll i think most people agree he's the number one prospect now riley green was already there uh so i guess maybe your three guys that you would take issue with might be like uh royce lewis jordan walker jordan lawler um like lewis has superstar upside has first round fantasy pick upside and he's basically big league ready um, so i think that he's a no-brainer uh jordan walker uh i just think it's so under appreciated how ridiculous it is for him to be as good as he's been at double a right now um he's 20 years old and he looks like he's performing like he was some sort of top five college pick who is you know 23 and he's at double a or something like it you're not supposed to be able to just hit the ground running like this as a 20 year old six five slugging uh either third baseman or right fielder uh, just very rare for him to for a guy like that to to have that much success. And then I covered Lawler. I just think Lawler has a better chance of being a superstar to me than Brendan Davis or O'Neill Cruz do. Uh, and they're very different uh, ends of the spectrum in terms of how close to the big leagues they are. But I think that 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 kind of covers that. Um, Rex Rome, uh, how should we refine our processes with? jazz chisholm's improvements and the case struggles of better graded hit tools like keston hira and jared Kelnick. um so my sort of thinking with jazz coming into the year uh like i did not have any jazz last year uh i thought he was gonna like i thought jazz in the big leagues last year would be as bad as jared Kelnick was in the big leagues last year if not like i mean hard to be worse than Kalnick was in the big leagues last year, but um, you get my point. Like, I I thought Jazz was going to be terrible in the big leagues last year, and then he would, you know, gradually improve and stuff. Uh, but Jazz was quite uh, competent, I would say, is, is a solid word for what he was in the big leagues last year. And that impressed the hell out of me uh, because he was just way sort of ahead of schedule and he was adapting to this increased level of competition, uh, at a rate that you just don't typically see. Um, and so I, it just kind of opened my eyes on jazz. Uh, whereas with Keston Hera and Jared Kalnick, uh, when those guys struggled, they weren't, there was, nobody thought those guys would be as bad as they were when they started struggling. Right. So, um, I think uh, that's maybe more of the lesson is just kind of we should evaluate these guys based on what was the, what was a realistic expectation before they struggled. And if the real expect a realistic expectation was for them to have success um, and then they struggle as much as Jared Kalnick and Kesson Hira did, uh, that's a bit of a red flag. Uh, but on the opposite end, like jazz, I think a real realistic expectation for jazz last year was for him to really struggle. And so by him not doing that, uh, that just really kind of, uh, made me want to load up on jazz. Uh, and I think that's, that kind of uh, brings it back to like Royce Lewis a little bit too. Like, I don't think there were real expectations for Royce Lewis this year. I think, I don't think anyone really knew what to expect. And so for him to be this good, it's just, really kind of outrageous when you think about all the context involved, how much time he missed and how much he struggled in past seasons. Uh, Rex also wanted to know, um, I know it's a bit of a folly, but are there any uh, reliever prospects you consider close and of quality? Uh, I put Francisco Morales of the Phillies back on the rankings as a relief only prospect. I think uh, you look at like the Corey Canable contract, uh, Morales could be getting saves for the Phillies as early as next year. So uh, there's, there's one to keep in mind. Uh, he also wanted to know if I think more teams should be pursuing uh, the Brewers' strategy of bringing uh, SPS up to the uh, big leagues through the bullpen for experience. Uh, I think it's, you know, team by team, you can do different things, but I think it's clearly paid off for the brewers to do that. Uh, I, Think some teams maybe if if they're not having that much success might want to consider doing that. Uh, I wonder maybe the Mariners should have just done that with Matt Brash in the first place. Like if four bad starts in the big leagues was enough for you to move him to the AAA bullpen, why not just break him in out of the big league bullpen and sort of see him uh, gain the experience in that role, where it's not going to just each each mistake isn't really going to p- compound the way it did for him. Um, and I think you'll see Ethan Small probably brought up that way for the Brewers uh, this year. Uh, Joel Wessling wants to know where Luis Garcia of the Nationals would fall on this list if he were eligible. Uh, he'd be around like thirty-five, forty overall. Although he did just injure his hand, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Dave Reagan uh friend of the site uh contributor to the site wants to know uh, how much hate mail i have received from the yankees fans for dropping jason dominguez to 166. uh honestly like zero but it might be because i already have them muted or because they already have me unfollowed unsubscribed you know I, i don't know uh but no i think yeah, nobody's really um complained about where I've got Dominguez. Uh probably because I had him lower coming into the year and uh they can't really uh find any fault in that. Um Mark Vogel wants to know if Corbin Carroll is on the J Rod wit tier of prospects who you would uh trade only for a King's Ransom. Um I don't I don't think Carroll's as good of a prospect right now as Julio Rodriguez was coming into the year, but I do think he's as good of a prospect now as Bobby Witt was coming into the year. Um, so I don't know if that, that works for the context there, but yeah, I think if you're rebuilding, you should be trying to trade for Corbin Carroll. If you have Corbin Carroll trading him now, like it better when you, your league, uh, and give you pieces to to potentially win the league next year uh okay and then i want to just kind of close it out with uh you know i i love i love you guys um you guys uh really helped me by uh, pointing out um you know mistakes or potential errors that i might have made and or just bringing things to light and so this is kind of like an ombudsman portion of the show uh Notorious D.A.D. uh, was wondering about Reginald Preciado of the Cubs. Like if he really needed to fall as far as he did. And as soon as he sent me that, I was just like, oh, shit. Like there's no reason Preciado like that was just a a mistake. Like, I mean, if you you're ranking 400 guys, uh, well, really like you're ranking like 500, 600 guys um, in a process like this you know you're going to you're going to just make mistakes um and i just knew right away uh Presciato shouldn't have been i think i had him like around 290 uh i moved him up to around 190 uh so i just overreacted there um so i i took a bad rank of where Presciato was and i gave it another bad rank by putting him down to 300 so i appreciate you uh, bringing that up notorious dad um Presciato has been uh, performing a little bit better uh this month and so i i think it was just kind of a like i'm burying this guy um but i i i overburied him uh put it that way and then uh i just want to list off some prospects who people brought up as like this guy should be ranked um uh alejandro ozuna uh, outfielder with the rangers who's performing very well as a 19 year old in in uh, low a uh, I actually don't know much about Ozuna, but I think he certainly has a statistical case to be in the top 400. Uh, Jordan Diaz, third baseman with the the A's. Um, he's always like, the thing for me with Jordan Diaz is I've had him as like my best prospect available in like multiple dynasty startups. And I just always pass on him. So I took him off the top 400 coming into the year. Uh, just cause like I, I, the, the stats always were more impressive to me than whenever I'd watch him and just the raw tools. But yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with what Diaz is doing right now at double a. Uh, so I think there's, there's a case for him to be like in the top 300 or so, uh, blaze Alexander, uh, with the diamondbacks. Uh, I I'm still not that impressed by the plate skills with blaze and that's kind of always been his issue in the past. So uh, you know, kind of borderline as to whether he should be on the top 400. Um, and Manuel Valdez, uh, infielder with the Astros, putting up uh, monster numbers at double A, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, he he's a smaller guy, but he's got some juice in the bat. I think there's a decent case that Valdez should be ranked right now, uh, maybe even, you know, top 250, 275, something like that. Uh, and then Ryan Ward, uh, outfielder with the Dodgers, a guy that I've had ranked in the past. Um, that system is just so crowded. It's, it's tough to know like which, cause they have at every level of the minors, the Dodgers have like four or five guys who are a little old for the level or putting up monster numbers. Uh, it's tough to, you know, decide which of those guys to to rank and which ones not to, but I think there's, there's certainly a, fine case for ward to be again kind of in that 250 to 350 range uh so i appreciate appreciate all those uh suggestions and everything um yeah keep them coming uh for the next update uh and like i'm not gonna not gonna bat a thousand not gonna come close to betting a thousand so definitely um you know, hold me accountable uh but don't don't go overboard um uh, just hold me accountable when you when you really think it's it's something i might have missed um all right, that'll do it. I uh, really appreciate everyone uh, tuning in. And like I said, the the ETAs are updated on the top 400. Uh, I'll be updating the team top 20s here um, in a day or two. And articles going to be going up uh, tomorrow. And then uh, I'm going to take a you know mini vacation for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, go up to Door County. Uh, chill in the backyard, do some grilling and stuff like that. But then uh, then it'll be a time to update the Dynasty rankings. Uh, and that'll be uh, a painstaking uh, mission, but I'll get that done uh, next week. Uh, talk to you guys, guys later.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.